What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Oz Hoopers TV. Another big week for the Australians in the NBA. Uh, today, we will be going through uh, the Australians in the NBA. Uh, Deng Adele has signed in the G League. We'll talk a bit about that. Uh, the Chinese imports have landed. Uh, very exciting times for the NBL. And we'll talk about Dyson Daniels, who played two preseason games this week. Uh, probably the biggest uh, prospect coming out of Australia right now that's not in the NBA. And then me and Hesh will get into our questions of the week. Before we get started, make sure you're following us on whatever streaming platform you guys are listening on and make sure you're following us on Instagram at TV. Kyle Adnam just dropped a cool episode and we got Jared Weeks dropping very soon, hopefully this week. Um, Hesh, how you doing? I'm good, man. Um, yeah, I guess it's the same old. Just on that weekly grind, I guess to Monday. Look forward to chopping up with you, talking some NBA, talking some Aussies in the NBA. See what we got. For sure. Um, Has jumped on a jumped on another podcast this week. Uh, if you want to go watch that out, what's it about? Yeah. Shout out to Throwbacks Hoops. They're just starting a. Um, I know. Don't get it confused with Throwback Hoops. That's the store. I think it might be Throwback Store. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't get it confused with them. A completely separate branch. Just one of my family friends from back in the day who I've had a, a lifelong relationship with, and he's a he's a hoops like fanatic maniac. Knows everything about the NBA. Knows everything about the NBA. Has over five hundred jersey collection, and he he linked up with his with his boy who has also a huge jersey collection, and then decided to to do a um a podcast just talking hoops and stuff so they had me on as a as a guest and we're chopping it up so shout out to them they're doing some pretty cool things um and it was exciting to be be on that so go check it out i think their their twitter is at throwbacks hoops okay cool check that out sure um we'll get straight into it josh giddy uh one of the nba guys that is killing it at the moment he had a big week himself um, I'll drop the stats for everyone that hasn't seen them. Uh, first game, he dropped 18 points, 10 assists, two rebounds, and a steal against the biggest franchise in the NBA, the LA Lakers. Um, big news around him. He kind of went crazy that day on social media. Uh, youngest player to ever record 10 assists. The two above him, LeBron James. The four below him, LeBron James. <laughs> crazy stat. That's wild. Uh, yeah, he's got some crazy company right there. It's crazy to think, youngest third youngest player to ever drop ten assists. I thought they'd be, I thought they'd be a bit more than that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, how do you think he played against the Lakers? Obviously, they came back, biggest comeback ever by the OKC Thunder. I think it was they were down twenty six at one point. They came back. Um, LeBron didn't play himself, but Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis were still playing. Um, Giddy threw the game-winning assist to Derek Favors. A nice little dump off. Drew two in off the pick and roll. What are your thoughts on that game, Josh Giddy? I mean, the game was... I turned it off. <laughs> yeah. <Just> like <laughs> honest, I had some things to do, and I was like, you know what? No, I want to watch this game. So I hope it's a close one. I could yeah. get to at least watch Giddy play, and then they blew it out, and I thought Giddy would get taken off, and I just thought it would be over. And then I checked socials, and it was... They won, and I was like, "What the hell happened there?" Like, so then I checked back over, watched the game. Obviously, Giddy's been been balling out, man. That game he was solid, ten assists. We we know he can pass the ball. Mm-hmm. I think that's without question. You'd be an idiot to think 
he's fluking that. Like he's been doing that. I think his whole juniors, his everything he does is based on his instinct and his ability to see the floor. Yeah. So, you know, I think he's we're expecting to see that. Um, but shout out to him, man. Like he's really taken this opportunity with two hands and continues to to just just break down walls, man, and just get better and better from game to game is what it's looking like. More and more confident, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I feel like he's got he's got the floater down on lock now. I think that's his number one go-to shot. The come off the pick and roll, the pass is open, and he'll just pull it the pull a little floater. It looks automatic now. Dude, he didn't have that in the bag in the NBA. That in the NBA, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Um, it's crazy to see, and I really like it. I think it's a good addition to his game. 100%. Um, I think he got a nice little and one on Avery Bradley, who's a known defender in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's older now, but he's still a great defender. Um, and then at the end of the game, uh, Lakers went up. Oh, it was a tight game or something like that. Thunder are up too. And they subbed Gideon really quickly. Um, and he came in and threw a pass and Lou Dort kind of faked a cut and it went straight to Carmelo and, you know, Giddy, everyone hands on their heads, nearly blew the lead. Uh, but yeah, crazy. It would have been crazy if that happened. Uh, but yeah, they were able to seal it. Thunder win. Um, that's the first time I have seen Thunder have stuff clicking for them this season. Every game, 20-point blowout. Even before that little run at the end, they were down 26. Like, it's a bit draining to watch. Uh, but, yeah, they are a young team. They are tanking, I presume. So they're going to try and build their young guys up. But it is still good to see Giddy building his confidence. He then followed that performance up with 10 points, four boards, six assists, one steal, and a block against the Golden State Warriors. He had a really good um, up and under pass under the basket. Um, so really another really good game against the Warriors for Giddy. Uh, Flight reacts, reacted to that and kind of calling him garbage the whole time and saying he wouldn't score on him, which is pretty crazy. Uh, for those who don't know Flight, he's a you should know him, I guess. <laughs> Follow hoops, you know who Flight is. Like. Yeah, you know who Flight is. He's a guy that just reacts to YouTube videos and stuff like that. Calling Giddy garbage and all that. He's, he's, he's just hype talk, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's just trying to get views and stuff. And and shout out to him, like he's funny, you know what I mean? I don't think it's any serious, serious type of you know facts behind that or evidence. He's just trying to trying to make a light light of a situation. Um but Giddy's that game was crazy too. Like I thought he played really well against the Warriors. Composed, complete. Um, yeah, man, he's 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 converting me a little bit. Like I'm I'm starting to see a few elements of his game that I didn't see before. And and you know, I gotta I gotta just continue to keep my eye on him, man. Like he's he's doing well. Um, Patty Mills, another huge game this week. Um, another 20-point performance. That's his second of the season. He had 21 on my wizards. Not a good look. Um, first. He gave Wizards their first loss. Um, he sealed it up, two boards, three assists, and a seal. Um, he came up really big. I think Wizards were making a little push. They brought it to within 10. Bradley Beal got the board. He ripped it from Bradley Beal and put the layup in and kind of got the Nets bench hype. Another big game for Patty. you like to see it. Hopefully, he can keep it consistent throughout the whole year. Um, we'll see. Kyrie Irving, still no word on when he's returning. So it's good to see Patty Mills kind of stepping into that spot. Matisse Thibel, I was a bit. Um, what's the word? Concerned? Yeah, I was a little bit concerned about his offensive play. I know you kind of talked it down a little bit, which is is the right thing to do. 
um, because you said he does all the intangibles, which he does. But he came out against the Hawks and had a big offensive game. Um, 11 points, three boards, two assists. But what stands out is four steals and three blocks. Um, this is what I expect from Matisse, games like this. Um, hopefully he can step into the bigger role for Philly. I think they kind of need it. Not sure what their record's looking right, like right now. I know they just pumped Atlanta in that game. Um, they still have no Simmons. Not sure when he's returning. Hopefully soon. But, yeah, I hope Matisse kind of steps into that role and kind of keeps things up offensively. Joe Ingles, another very subtle 14 points um, against the Rockets. I don't think he played many minutes. The Jazz were 4-0. They then took a loss to the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. But they did, however, bounce back today and took down the Bucks in a very good win. Bucks aren't looking too promising right now. Three and four, I think they are. Um, Joe Ingles came off the bench in that Rockets game, had 14 points, five boards, two assists. It's what Joe's been doing for the past however so long. Um, you can expect to see more from Joe, but it's good to see that he's keeping it up. Now, NBL news. Um, former Illawarra Hawks forward. That was that spent half of last year with Illawarra, but after a kind of sloppy and what most people think was a disappointing year for him, from him, um, got cut and waived by Illawarra. He has now signed in the NBA G League with the main Celtics, which is the Celtics G League affiliate. What are your thoughts on the move by Dengadel? Is he league-bound again? Um, and what are your thoughts on Dengadel's game? Can you hear about this? Yeah, um, I think Dengadel is, is a good basketball player. I think he's a solid basketball player. He's a solid pro. I think his NBA potential is still untapped. I think he's got a little bit there that that, that keeps me intrigued, that, that I think he can. His frame, his ability to handle the ball, he can light up from three. When he gets hot, so and he defends the hell out of the ball, like he, he really does defend the ball. So I think he's definitely showing patches of why he can be a good NBA wing. Um, I I agree with you that the NBL season that he had out here was disappointing. Not saying that he that it was terrible, and and you know, like I know a lot of people are coming out and and sandbagging him and just saying it was a waste of time, this and that. I I, I think he was going through a little bit. I think he had a bit going on off the court. So I want to give him his respect there and just hopefully he's all good with all that. Um, but, I, but I think it's a good situation for him to get out of here, get out, get away from the NBL for a little while where he's obviously didn't really have success, get back to the NBA, kind of spotlight playing in the G League. Um, who knows what's going to happen? Um, I think he has a chance. I think he's he's one of those guys that that I'm, I'm just unsure of. I just don't get a vibe one way or the other. It's just I, I feel like he's just there doing it. Like I'm not sold that he's going to go there and eat. But at the same time, if he does get an NBA opportunity, I wouldn't be surprised. It's sure. just things that he's, he's kind of floating around. Let's see what happens. Though. What do you think? You think he'll, he'll get to the league? I think so. Um, I've had Dengadel on this podcast. He's a cool guy. Um, knows, what he's do- knows what he's talking about. Knows what he's doing. Um, yeah, a little bit of a disappointing season. Obviously, didn't get the opportunities he wanted. He was on a stack Illawarra roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, he was, an M- he was in the NBA, so you presume that he would be one of the bigger pieces on the team. Um, do I think he can go back? For sure. Um, do I think he will do better in the G League than in the NBL? 100%. Um, this might be an unpopular opinion, but the, the thing that I think kind of 
doesn't resonate to the NBL um, is athleticism. I, I just don't – I think the NBL defense has kind of shut it down a little bit. Um, you know, Luka Doncic and other international players say, say it's much harder to score in, in international basketball than the NBA. Um, these athletic guys can kind of thrive in the NBA. I'm not sure if you can do it in Australia. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I think we're seeing sort of a case like that in Mojave King. I know he thrives on his athleticism a lot, but he does have a strap as well, which is kind of keeping him, um, you know, like a top prospect. And he will kill it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he will kill it. But the reason why Giddy thrived much more than Mo King is because he just fits the NBL scoring system better. I just feel like I think you're better off being a playmaker, craftiness, and rather than just relying yeah. on your athleticism a bit more. Kind it's of hard. why at Dengadel. It's hard to come come into the NBL as a wing and just score the ball like you would in the NBA. Yeah. Any position, not just the wing. I think everywhere, like it's like Lucas said, and like most people agree to, the rules, the rules make it tougher. The, the court's smaller, defensive three seconds. Um, style of plays, everything's team focused, team oriented, sets, trying to get through things in the NBA. It's spread the floor, corners filled, middle ball screen, go to work. You know what I mean? So it's like the, the, the numbers plus 12 minute quarters, like all these little things that make a huge difference at the end of the day in terms of numbers and, and ability to score. But yeah, Dang it, Dale, man, I hope he I hope he gets a chance back in the league and hope he hope he's all good and puts that situation behind him and gets where he needs to go. Sure, definitely, definitely an NBA talented player. Um, hopefully we'll see him back there soon. Sure. Both Chinese imports. Uh, the Brisbane one isn't an import. Um, he's a DP. But Southeast Melbourne, Zhu Ki, I've heard his name pronounced a lot of different ways. I'm not sure if that's a cor- correct pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you what I, I found out. What did you find out? It's Joe Chi. Joe Chi? Mm. Uh, I remember that. Joe Chi. Mm-hmm. Um, has landed in Melbourne with Southeast. He's out of quarantine. He's training with the team. They posted some pictures today. Very exciting. I think he out of reach 20 in the Chinese league. Um, he's played Olympic basketball for forever. Um, and then Chu Zhang Lu. That's the best I can do. Uh, seven foot five. I think he's the tallest guy in Australia right now. Um, has landed in Australia and he's currently in quarantine. I know he's uploaded some videos on his new Instagram. Uh, he's working out in his little hotel room. <laughs> it looks yeah. like he can hardly fit, but he's making it work. Um, both guys that are going to be huge in the NBL this year, so we're excited to see them play. Now, the hottest topic, Dyson Daniels. Started his G League career this week with two preseason games. Um, the first game, a little bit rocky. Um, he came out and scored. The first points for the G League Ignite all season with a very, very tough move. A little behind the back, step back, um, three in rhythm. But they were his only points. I think he went one for three from the field. He also had three turnovers. G League Ignite were down 20 nil at one point. Uh, they finished the game only losing by 11. I didn't watch too much of the game. Um, wasn't able to catch it, but just looking at the stats, obviously it doesn't look like Dyson got the right opportunity. Um, one for two from deep, one from three from the field. Uh, he had two free throws, missed them both. Uh, he had one rebound, two assists, um, one steal, two fouls. Um, not too much, but the second game, 
Uh, he bounced back a little bit. He was a third leading scorer on the team. He had 12 points, uh, looking very agile, posted a clip, um, looking very professional. I think that's the best thing about Dyson at, uh, at his age. He looks very professional, definitely could have played in the, the NBL a year ago, I think. Um, I'm very high on Dyson. Um, I'll read out his stats for people who don't know. He had 12 points, seven rebounds, one assist, uh, three steals, two turnovers, no fouls. And he shot 50% from the field. Um, just from looking at the clips and what you saw in play, what are your thoughts on Dyson so far? Uh, I think my thoughts on Dyson are what they've always been. Mm-hmm. I think he's elite athleticism, at least elite speed, change of speed, skill set, like transition game, getting in the paint. I think he looks a lot better when he doesn't shoot too many threes. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he's staying getting downhill. I think he's got he's got a great finishing package, a great floater. Um, he's shown in patches that he can facilitate, but I still need to see more of that on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'm excited for his future. I think he's obviously NBA bound. It's just a matter of how he develops. And I'm a little bit concerned about his identity. That's my biggest concern with Dyson. It's not talent related. It's more so the mental side of it to know what position is he? Like, what does he do? Is he a point guard? Is he a wing? I'm just not sure what he is and, and what you're going to get from him. Um, his talent's there. His athleticism is there. His ability to do everything on the floor is there. But uh, I think if he can solidify himself as a – either he, he's got a – I think he's got a, his best chance of being like a, a straight line 3 and D type guy if he wants to kind of sharpen up the three ball and, and that's what he wants to do. Or he, if he wants to be a facilitating point guard, he has to really show that he can, he can keep the ball in his hands for long periods of time and, and facilitate really well and, and get guys involved. But he's just kind of doing a little bit of everything and looks a bit misplaced, if you know what I mean. And I've always felt like that about him yeah. nothing no knocking his talent whatsoever he's obviously the most talented un, like junior slash guy under 21 coming up right now in terms of prospect and in terms of potential so it's just going to be interesting to see how how he kind of navigates that that's well said now that you say that out loud i kind of because it has me thinking um you know me and you were naming our world's team before the world started uh under 19 worlds and we both didn't have him at the one um i think we had him at the two and three but I think he did play a bit of one position most of the time, um, bringing the ball up and stuff like that. And like you said, does he does he turn into a facilitator or does he turn into a 3-and-D wing um, if he wants to like improve that three ball? To me personally, I think it's facilitator. I've said this before, and I know it's a weak comparison, but he does play like Giddy, a stiff Giddy. Um, I think, yeah, like, he, like you said, he needs to improve his passing, but I think that will come with time. I know Giddy... Even if you watch his games in the NBA, I think his vision has gotten much better. His reaction time's gotten faster. Um, but yeah, I think Dyson takes that point guard facilitator route um, with a not with a nice looking three ball. Um, but yeah, like with the clips, uh, not much you can kind of do so far off two preseason games. Um, you know, twenty minutes in each game. So yeah, uh, not too much to say so far. I'm pretty happy with how he's looking. Um, is it too early to say you should have taken the NBL route? Uh, I, I think I think my my view still stays the same. I think maybe you mentioned it to me. What did I say? Maybe you solidified my my view. I don't know. One of us said this that we said that he's going to be on a team with a bunch of other guys that are trying to get to the NBA. So everyone's trying to trying to eat eat, and everyone's trying to shine. Was it you that said that? Yeah, I said that. I said yeah. it's going to be harder in the G League when there's a bunch of hungry guys around and that think now's yeah. my spotlight. It's a bit different in the NBL because you've got a bunch of guys that are kind of there to win the win the game, not really think like it's yeah. my time to shine. I'm going to ISO and pop a thread. 
and it depends like what situation you find yourself in you can you can get the luck of the draw and end up in a great situation like giddy did or you can end up in a situation like mo king did you know what i mean so it's mm-hmm. like no guarantees anywhere you go but just that g-league ignite team like i don't know if they're going to win many games this season because i don't think they're there to like you said win games and and develop a culture and and have guys there and stay for a long time it's like most of these guys are trying to be one and done get their numbers up get get their stock really high yes so i mean my my concern is it looks like he's playing major minutes like he played 30 35 in each game so if that continues then it might be the right move for him and, and you know coach brian shaw they may have had that conversation that enticed him and said listen you're going to play major minutes and he's just gone listen that's the best stage for me the networking in the g league side of things probably going to be better he's closer to the nba he's, he's hanging around guys that have been there and you know he's just in that environment traveling yeah. on the road like an nba team so all that stuff you can't knock him for doing that but man there's going to be five to seven guys from the nbl this year that go to the nba or give himself a chance. So, you know, it's hard to say which is right, which is wrong. I don't really look at it like right and wrong, but yeah, it seems like he's, he's taking advantage of, of the opportunity right now, which is good. Yeah, I think it's equally, I think it's kind of equal now. Um, you know, we saw we saw two people from the G League Ignite go to the league last year. Oh, sorry. I think there was three. Isaiah Todd went to the Wizards. Oh, yeah. Jalen Green went top five. Jonathan Kaminga went top seven. Um, so, yeah. I think, yeah, either way, you're still traveling, you're still playing pros. Um, he's going to have a good year, Dyson. No matter what, I think he's still NBA bound. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how he goes. Um, we're keen to see his journey through the NBA G League. We'll get into our questions of the week. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to like it because, like... You know me. You already know how I answer questions for you. Yeah. So I'm going to roll with the start bench cut um, kind of theme. I rolled with it last week. Kind of gets people thinking. Yeah. But I'm going to do it with the under-19 world's point guards. So you got okay. Tamri Wigness. Yeah. You got Bawali Bales. Yeah. And you got Taryn Armstrong. Start bench cut those three. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Put me, put me on a spot like that. All right, cool. cool. Someone's feelings are gonna get hurt. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is. Like, I, but it's about it's a part of the discussion. I mean, it's your opinion. You're you're entitled to your own opinion. So let's hear it. This is what they signed up for. You know, to be to be looked at and talked about and discussed comes yep. with the glory that they get too. Because all three of them are obviously making tremendous moves in the basketball world, and they've been doing so for a long time. Three of the premier guards in the country, no doubt about it three of the best guards in the country uh, at that younger age bracket, no doubt about it. That class is out of control when you throw in Giddy into that, Mo King into that. Like that's, that class is just the craziest class that's come through the country almost. Mm-hmm. AK, like, damn, that just doesn't end. Anyway, back to your question. Start Bawali, bench, Taron, cut, Tamri. Okay. Just for a bit of justification. I think Bawali has the biggest upside out of all three of them in terms of just his motor, his energy, the way he plays a game, his ability to score in isolation. I think he was on a bit of a tight leash at the Worlds. Um, it was just kind of didn't really, didn't really get given the, the chance to express himself and do what he needed to do. And when he, when he did, I thought he played pretty well when he produced 
Uh, even outside of that tournament, like he, he's improved a lot in the last 12 months. And I think he's, he's just now finding his, his, his feet with it all. Even though he's been given a lot in terms of accolades and achievements, he always plays like he's slept on and he always plays like he's, he's got a chip on his shoulder and it helps him a lot. So I think in terms of upside, where he plays defense, where he's able to separate in isolation and play out of the ball screen and facilitate, that's my number one there. Taron Armstrong impressed me in that world, man, far out. He was like, he was the one that I, I knew he was okay. But then I saw him up close and I watched him. We did the eagle eye on him. And I was like, damn, this guy is elite. He's lengthy, he's long, he's athletic. He plays D2. I really liked him and Boali on the floor together, actually, during that tournament. I thought they had really good synergy and chemistry. But Taron Armstrong is solid as well. Um, he shoot the three ball. He's picked that up a lot. I think he's going to have a huge freshman year. Hopefully he plays over at, uh, where's he at? Cal, Cal Baptist, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully Taron gets a, gets a good freshman year and we'll see what, what comes of that. But, but he's got some low-key hype about him too. I think he'll find his way to some NBA circles, man. Seriously, 6'5 point guard. Like, he'll, he'll he's about 6'5, is he? Yeah. Yeah, like he's big and he's long, wiry, strong. And, and I know he's a point guard by nature. He wants to play the one, so he's got a chance. Uh, and then cut, obviously, Tamri. Uh, I just think he's been disappointing for the last 12 months or so in terms of production. No one's, once again, this is never a shot at anyone's talent level or their abilities to do something because that's so a lot of that's based on potential. And Tamri's proven that he's he's gotten to the NBL. He was the, he was the first one to get there, sign a sign a deal you know as a young guy 14 15 16 he was the the one out in front that everyone's trying to catch you know uh so he's, he's been at the front of the pack and i just feel like his 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 growth has been stunted a little bit the last 12 months just based on what i'm seeing and, and how i'm seeing it he's still obviously unreal but it's just out of those three i think he, he's the one that's fallen behind a little bit currently so that's my answer what you got i respect the answer um i, I have no idea who to bench start and cut Fair enough. Um, maybe you can ask me next week next week when I have a think about it. But yeah, it, it's really even, I think. Um, you know, it's whatever your team needs, obviously. I mean, Bawali scoring, Tamri if you need facilitating, and Taryn's a little bit of both. Um, yeah, like you said, Taryn really impressed me in this last worlds. I mean, I, I watched him play nationals uh two years ago and he brought uh home a bronze medal for Tasmania. And then this recent one, they lost an early game to South Australia twos. Um, very mm. disappointing tournament. I don't think he shot too well from the field. Um, so it kind of changed my opinion on him a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that Worlds tournament really kind of improved his um, whole vibe of a player, I think. And especially that NBL one season with um, the North, North NW Tasmania team down there and yeah, uh, yeah. The, the Melbourne NBL one. Yeah, he had a killer season. So yeah, I think um yeah, I can't give you an answer. No, no. Skip. Sit on the fence. You you enjoy that fence sitting over there. <laughs> uh, I got one for you. So, so my question of the week is not so much a black and white question. It's more of a, a discussion about something that's been pretty pretty prevalent on social media these days. Uh, but yeah, I just want to pick your brain on it. What are your thoughts on the rule change with the fouls in the NBA? Like it, don't like it, don't really care about it. Um, I think this might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't really like it. 
um, I don't like the rule change. I know it's a bit more, people are saying it's a, it's much more easy to watch basketball right now, but I think the only difference is, is because nowadays there's a crowd um, and the players kind of feed off the energy of the crowd and it kind of makes the game a bit more better to watch. I think last year when there was no crowds, players kind of got a little bit lazy. There was no defense being played. It was hard to watch regular season games. I think anyone can agree with that. Um, but this year, you know, they've kind of brought this rule in and I've seen a few fouls that, you know, should definitely be fouls. Um, yeah, let's just maybe, sorry, I, I phrased the question wrong. Let's just reiterate for the listeners what the rule is. So obviously I'm talking about the fact that guys like James Harden, guys like Steph who... Trey Young. Trey Young, feed, feed off contact, like a, a, a hand-checking arm on them and they kind of like lean into that arm to, to force the contact and then go into their shooting motion and then sell the contact and then limbs go flailing everywhere. And then refs have been in, instructed not to call that anymore. And we've seen Harden and, and the likes not get calls for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, continue. Sorry, Riz. Um, I, I heard somewhere, I think I was watching a basketball game, one of the NBA games. And I, I think I heard that the, the number of fouls called is down almost 10 calls a game. Wow. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's not just one or two calls here and there. It's quite a few calls. Um, but, yeah, there's been clips posted online where Harden's – I know what Harden does isn't really ethical to basketball where he kind of euros into them and he kind of like links arms and yeah. kind of takes his shot, which I think is a little bit, you know, it's not really basketball, but Harden's very good at it and I think it's part of his game. Like whether you like it or not, you've got to keep your hands out and you've got to show them and you've got to – you got to pull him away from him. It's part of his game, drawing fouls. Um, Harden's going to get buckets no matter what. I mean, he had a triple-double today. He had 30-something two, day, two games ago. He'll adjust. Um, so he'll adjust to it, but I think it was a part of his game, and I think that's what makes him such a good player is drawing fouls, as bad as that sounds. Um, he does it very well, so does Trey Young. One yeah. thing I can agree on is jumping into the shot foul. I think Trey Young kind of pump fakes, and a guy will be jumping diagonally and he'll kind of move into the defender and kind of shoot it. I think that's an okay rule to change. But kind of, I don't know, I, f- I feel like the NBA has made a kind of rule of it, like, you know, change this, change this, and kind of target Harden and Trey Young because they do it perfectly. You've got to kind of keep your eye out for them. And I've yeah. seen Harden miss a lot of calls. You know, he's getting angry at the refs and stuff like that. I've seen on social media. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think the main thing for me is when the time comes and it's end-of-game situation, and, you know, you get a kind of hard foul and they don't call it um, based on this new rule. And it's kind of controversial and it's social media is blowing up. Is it a foul? Is it not? You know, I really hope that time doesn't come. It's going to come. There's going to be a late game situation. It's going to be, you know, whether a team wins or loses. And there's going to be a controversial call and it might be a no call on a kind of obvious foul. But we'll see it. We'll see how it goes. I, I don't mind it. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a better watch because of it. I think it's a better watch because fans are back. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence again. Um, I'm playing the fence game. But, yeah, that's my opinion on it. What are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, you, you covered covered a lot of it in terms of in terms of the rule and, and, and what they're trying to protect and what they're trying to do and, and who it's affecting. I personally like certain elements of it. Um, I think it's good that they've highlighted it, that certain calls that were getting called before that may not have been fouls that are initiated by the offense need to be 
policed against and they need to make sure that guys aren't cheating the system, cheating the rules and guys are in legal guarding position with their hands in a certain spot and then like offense going into that space to, to create contact and, and draw foul. I think that needs to be looked at and policed. But then I think they're going a little bit too far. Like some of these fouls are fouls, dude. Yeah. Defense hands are on Harden's hips or they're, as he's penetrating, they're hand checking and he's just going through that motion and in, into his shot pocket. So it's kind of like, where do you draw the line? And they're just, I think they're just making a statement now. Like, we're not going to tolerate that type of stuff. And it's yeah. like, like you said, Harden's going to get buckets anyway. Trey Young's going to get buckets anyway. He's just going to end up going, all right, fine. I'm just going to pull this from 35 feet then. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, they have the ability to do that. So, I mean, I, I like the the fact that the NBA, one thing I've always respected is that they try and evolve and change things. And they have... Like they brought in that rule that if it's a flagrant foul for you to, to take out landing space. I love that rule. I like I that rule as well. Necessary, you know. Um, they're always evolving. They're always trying to get the best out of the game. They're always trying to do the right thing, which is why they're the best league in the world. But I think this one, they're, they're just they're, they just got to figure it out. They got to. I know what they're trying to get at, and I, I appreciate what they're doing. But I think they just they just got to they just got to be careful that they're not taken away from like you said, like a like a player like Harden who's really good at taking advantage of people in bad defensive position. And you don't want to now punish him for being really good at that. So it's a fine line. It's a fine line. I agree with you. The jumping into, you got to be careful. But then now it's like sometimes you get jumped on. Um, and now it's like a couple of times that's not going to be a call. And, and like you said, it's going to get to a playoff game or something where it's going to be everything's going to be focused on the call and we lose sight of actually the, the game and, and the moment. So it's like, let's see. Let's, let's watch that space and see what happens. For sure. Good question. I like it. Um, a lot of people have different opinions on it, so we'll see. We'll wrap it up there. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Make sure you guys are following us on all streaming platforms. We are free and on YouTube also. Uh, make sure you guys follow us and follow us on Instagram at OzHoopersTV. Uh, make sure you guys go check out the Kyle Adnam episode. We've got Jerry Weeks coming up. Um, and thanks again for supporting us. We appreciate it, and we'll catch you on the next episode.